This podcast is sponsored by PICC, Florida's leading public adjusters for 22 years of handling residential commercial claims in Florida. Dealing with an insurance company when having a property loss can be discouraging. Let PICC encourage you and maximize your compensation. Please call us at 305-956-3666. Okay, good morning. Happy to be back in the MIA. Also success of Yehuda Mordechai and Gittel Rifka. Please share and rate the podcast. All right, November 6th, we are in Brooklyn. And November 7th, we are in Staten Island. Very super excited for this trip. Excited not to deal with claims for a couple of days and just get out of that world. It's been, uh, the West Coast has been tough. It's been tough. I appreciate the East Coast. Bezrat Hashem, today's class, we're going to do Lakute Moharan, Lesson 21. I hope everybody's had a, a, a very memorable Cheshvan so far. <laughs> I'm sure we've all built a, enough uh, resilience this month, that you'll see, as we all see. So Rav Nachman says, Lesson 21, a very beautiful concept. Just, this class is just, it's, it's a really a mind-blowing concept. We're going to talk about many, many things in this concept. One, how to acquire knowledge. How to get unstuck. What's preventing me from acquiring knowledge. How to grow. What's my, pra- what's my practical mission in this world? Obviously, our practical mission is the sin of Adam and Eve happened with the eight hadat. Right? The fruit of knowledge. My job in this, wor- in this world is to develop my mindset through acquiring that. The sin happened with that. The solution is acquiring. That, like we said many times, is consciousness. Believe it or not, we have people all over the world listening to these classes from pl- places you could not even imagine. I get emails, I get texts. From, well, you couldn't imagine. So I want to. So they, they want me to. If I say that, it's consciousness. So you refer to what I'm talking about. When we look at a baby crying, what is a baby doing? Baby's crying because it's developing its mindset. Baby cries. Baby doesn't understand something. He doesn't understand how to eat. He doesn't understand how to think. Rav Nelson says something very beautiful. Just like a baby cries. Every time your baby cries, instead of getting pissed off, you should say, that's what I should be doing. I should be crying out like, like that baby. They're trying to learn the, the, the alphabet. They're trying to learn how to walk. They fall. That's you. That's you on a spiritual context. The concept of saying the thing is not for me is not really practical. It doesn't work because your soul comes from infinite. And our job is to develop and develop our, our mindset to the extent where we have vast knowledge, but at the same time, we are under God. The same concept of a sukkah. It's wide, but it's still a certain amount of its height is, is contained. That's what our job is, to, to, to be able to maintain this to knowledge to grow. Why? Very simple. Because life gets tougher, and you need to be stronger constantly in life. You know, Shalom Bayit, you could, uh, very simple, you know. It's funny how my wife says, go, go, go here, go here, go here now. And then I'm going, she's like, why are you going so much? So at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> if you don't understand, 
just women in general, how to deal with people, you, you're gonna, you can't develop, you won't, you'll be frustrated. That is seeing the big picture. <laughs> that, is, that is seeing the big picture. Understand? Seeing the big picture in life. And it says here, Rav Nassim was with Rav Nachman in Breslov. It says, yesterday I cried a lot. The Rebbe said to his disciple, why does everything I do have to be with such great effort? The question was asked about Makif. So basically, because Rabbi Nachman died so young, he died at 38, and the reason why he died at 38 is because he, there was nowhere else, he couldn't reach a higher level. Done. He was such at a higher level because he couldn't stand on one level. Couldn't handle it. We could take a vacation for six months. I'm good. He could not deal with one level. As soon as he got to that level, he was so brokenhearted because you have to be brokenhearted to get to the new level. Remember, you always have to have a lack in life. God creates a lack so you come closer to Him through that lack. If there was no lack, there would be no desire. So this is why we're all walking around with so, many, so much lack. At the end of the day, the purpose of a lack is so you can get closer to God through that lack. You're not supposed to be walking around being sad over all the lackings you have. We all have lacks, because if it wasn't for the lack, the lack is needed for you to get closer to God. You have to have a new definition with lack. If there's a lack financially, God wants you to build trust, pray for Parnassah, and figure out what the issue is financially. There's a lack, Shalom Bayi-wise, I want you to figure out that lack is there on purpose. It's not random, it's not a powerball, it's, it's not a sense. That lack is custom made for you, so you can come closer to, to God through that lack. And your job is to acquire the knowledge through prayer and study to fulfill that lack. And then once you get that lack, then there'll be another lack. There's always a, there's always a call, there's always a nakuda, there's always a... a a mission that's always happening because our souls have to get flourish. So this is why we, we can't we can't be pissed off every time there's lacks and this this is this is life because it forces you human nature is that when when human nature loses its hunger, when you stop being hungry, you get comfortable and lazy and your soul does not flourish. So our creator will purposely make things where you're not comfortable and lazy and forces you to cry out to him, pray to him, and beg you. Because if you, if you had comfortable, if you became comfortable and lazy, you probably would end up on social media the rest of the day, your life. And it would do no purpose for your soul. So this is where you have to look at lack and say, thank you Hashem for the lack. Because that's an opportunity for me to get closer to you. Because now I have enough pain, and that pain will fuel me to cry out to you. There's a difference between when people cry out and they don't cry out. But this is the same thing. There's a, there's a reason why we get stuck, etc. And if you understand the bigger picture, the tachlis, the bigger picture, then you'll see, wow, this is exactly what's supposed to happen. Basically, when we speak about, you won't, you won't have the extra mental anguish. You'll, just, you'll get into, the, into focus. So Rav Nachman begins the Torah and he says there's, there's two types of intellect. There's an intellect that's front, front of your face and there's an intellect in the back of the face. That means a person can receive a high level of intellect just through prayer or, or intellect. That means you're going to get ideas that God will plant in your head without 
Let's say, for example, I want to be... You learn a business. Some people can learn a business just figuring out. In two, they'll learn it in a week, two weeks. Other people have to go to school for four years. Spiritually, this works the same way. There's certain levels of information and dot that God will give you and certain levels of understanding that he'll give you. We're going to speak about how. And there's certain that he'll give it to you if you have your intention is good and if you have purified yourself. He will give you a tremendous amount of knowledge. I know I've gotten tremendous amount of knowledge and I never went to yeshiva. I never went to any form of and there would be no way I would have been able to receive so much if it wasn't for prayers, etc. Where other people have to go to yeshiva for five years. or, or Depending on that, that flow does not come to them as easy. Just like a person can figure out a business quickly, the same thing spiritually. There's levels of understanding. For example, I understand the dating game. I understand the marriage game. I understand it. I get the whole picture. I get the tachlis. I get the big picture. That will come to you. If you have, that's called a shefa elokai mimai, a shefa that comes from the front of the head versus back of the head is where a person has to go through a tremendous amount of understanding and, and a lot of introduction to understand the concept. Okay? So it doesn't mean because a guy could be very young, he could be very smart, but that because knowledge is given to him. And he says, how do you get this? How do you get this? How do you practically get this, this intellect to flow? And he says now that inspiration of the heart is born out of the motion of the intellect. Okay? If I want to move my, my... Anytime we're trying to go, for example, where we have a task or we have a deadline, somehow your head is 100% on fire. When you have a deadline, you're, you're focused. That focus itself creates flow. It creates motion. And that motion allows you to receive. Now, we know this can work two ways. For example, when you're stressed out, that also creates heat. But that blocks your mind. Where, where you're passionate and excited, that will create motion and flow, but it'll come to you and it'll open up your mind. You understand? I have to create motion in order to receive. If I want to receive, I cannot sit there in the gym on a couch and expect to be to receive a pump it will never happen <laughs> but once I actually, once I get moving because I got moving the flow comes to me spiritually the same way once you start getting flowing when you start speaking you start learning that's why it's very important to speak things with a loud voice and speak things with pray pray with a loud voice scream yeah we'll do what you have to do create motion because once you're in motion that, that heart, your heart's inspired, and that allows Shefa to come to you. That allows your mind to open, and that mind being open allows this flow. And th you'll see this many times when a person's in a wedding, he's dancing, or when a, when a person's happy, he's in a good state, all the ideas come to him, right? I've seen that. But when I'm stressed, nothing comes to me. Zero. No ideas come to me. No liners, just, just complete blockages. So how do we unblock it? First, we have to create motion. So the, this is, you're very prone today that when things are stuck, don't just sit there and think of the worst case scenario, which is what 99% of people do. That's the time for, to, to be completely besimcha. 
completely besimcha. Yesterday, thank God, it was, it was a wonderful experience. All of a sudden, I'm driving back, trying to come at a specific time. Next thing you know, I get pulled over for speeding. Did it. It's true. I was speeding. And next thing you know, the guy comes out. And he tells me, you have a suspended license <laughs> in Naples. Not in Miami, etc. In Naples. So obviously, the first thing is, scream out to my attorney, scream out to my assistant, scream out to this. I said, everything's besimcha. <laughs> Everything's besimcha. I switch. I was about to yell, tell the cop, what are you doing? You got the wrong person. Blah, blah, blah. Nothing went. Go straight into simcha. Basically, a procedure from towing my car, getting to the DMV, imagine going to the DMV, going to the torture, all in an Uber. I mean, just, you know, this in Miami would have, would have been a, you would have to rent a hotel for a month to do this. The whole procedure, just because of the simcha that I had, took an hour and a half. And I could say, I'm go- I ha- my car's towed. My sister's car's towed. It was a red light ticket that got in the mail. Nobody saw it. Nobody knew. I had a clue. It was suspended. And you could just, it's, I said, and, and that day, that same day, is all we could do is change our attitude about everything. I was completely besimcha. Thank you, Hashem, for being in Naples and not pulled over in Miami because Miami DNV is, is like getting out of bail. Naples, no problem. But the attitude just pushed. When you enjoy... It just flowed. And there was a reason why I, 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 didn't have, I could not come at that hour. Who knows? I have no idea why. But the whole point is, I was, it was not stressed. I was, I'm excited for this opportunity to go through such a challenge. And if this is all I got, thank you, Hashem. But at the same time, I, was, I had a huge claim before. And that was a gr- we had great news. So you could see the Yetzirah wanted to screw everything up. You know, an hour earlier, you're in an amazing, huge claim you just got. And next thing you know, you're going to ruin it all for a license. You can see the Yetzirah works. So it'll give you, you'll have a great day till like 2, 3 o'clock. And then one bad thing goes, ah, the horrible day. Horrible day. And all of you, I'm going to talk about my, 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 my tick. So the whole thing went flow. And I was besimcha and I didn't give away energy. I was very proud of myself. Because that was, you know, it's one thing is you have no car. You have no life. <laughs> Imagine go to the DMV and get a new license. The lines, the thing thousand things but the whole point is when you're in flow you, you feel that calmness that's what ultimately what we will all want to get into we will all want to get into flow because when you get into flow your creator speaks to you and he gives you what you do how you're dealing with when you cre- have a blockage your creator cannot speak to you this is what the Gemara says a person will only receive it will only a God is only with a person who's in a state of simcha and a person's blocked, when a person's anxiety depressed, God cannot dwell with him. If, what do you mean God cannot dwell with him? Of course God's there. The answer, the shrina, your heart, will not be open to understand why you're going through that situation. So that's where he begins the Torah by saying that there's a shefa that we can receive, where we can receive this influx of energy, etc. The precursor to this is you, ha- you need a, a keli, you need a vessel. And your vessel is practically your eyes, your seven apertures. Your eyes, your ears, your nose, and your mouth. So you have to sanctify. To the degree that you sanctify your, your eyes, and the degree you sanctify your ears, and your nose, and your mouth. Nose is anger. You don't get angry. Mouth is speaking Lashon Hara, saying the right thing. Ears is listening to the wrong things. Right? And eyes is obviously... Giving people a good eye. How do you sanctify your eyes? By seeing the good in people 
and obviously not watching inappropriate things. When you do that, you create a vessel for this. Because, for example, you could be a, you know, you could have intention, but nothing will come to you because of the blockages in the seven apertures. So to, when I have, have purified my vessel and I have intention, that's where I'm putting myself in a position to be a receiver of godly shefa, mm-hmm. godly influence, which is this energy that comes where you feel connected, where you feel oneness. Remember, the ultimate tachlis of everything is to build your, the more you build your dot, the more you develop your dot, which he's going to talk about here, is exactly what being in the moment and knowing that everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be, that is the taste of the world to come. We're all begging for Mashiach. We're all begging. We want Mashiach. We want to be present. That is the world to come. Where, you're, where, where dot is so complete, where your consciousness is so complete, that time and space have no effect on you. Basically, living, imagine living every single day, all day long, present. What would your life look like? You would be unstoppable. You would be unstoppable if you lived present all day long. Because you would have, in the heart, remember, we don't need more information. We need more connection. We have a lot of information out there. But we don't have enough connection. We always think we need another information, more information. What's the life hack that I need today? I need this hack. I need that hack. I need that hack. No, you just need to believe in what you're saying. <laughs> that is what we need today. If you don't believe in your marriage, you can go to 25 therapists. Oh, I need a better therapist. The problem is not outside. It's like the guy with, it's like the guy with a broken finger saying, Doctor, my, my, every time I touch my chest, it hurts. Well, I don't know. Stop touching your chest. Doctor, every time I touch, touch my knees, it hurts. Well, stop touching your knee, he tells him. Every time I touch my head, it hurts. And then he figures out it's the finger that's broken, not the head or that. So it's not the, it's not the, you understand? It's not lack of, there's no connection. There's a connection. Today, the connection is in Gullus. Our connection is in Gullus because we're not focused. We're not focused. We have a, a million things on the road. We have the F1 500 on our head. This is why we like speed so much. Everybody, you know, NASCAR, and, and they love F1 because everybody's mind is racing so they can relate. Oh, I can relate. My mind is racing. So, so they love the, the, the speed. Why do we love speed so much? You know, imagine sitting through a baseball game. You can't do it. It's a suicide mission. You can't sit through a baseball game today. Back then, they used to sit through baseball games for four hours. Today, sit through a baseball game with ADHD, people bounce off the walls. Bounce off the walls. We like fast things. That doesn't mean it's actually good. Because you're not really connecting. You're just going from one thing to another thing. At the end of the day, what you get? Nothing. Nothing. Then Ram Nachman says... So we have to slow down, to slow down and connect instead of just more, 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 more. More is not always better. Then Rav Nachman says, now, no, there are times when your mentalities and the godly influx are concealed. This is the aspect of pregnancy. Then the most beneficial thing for you to do is to cry out in prayer. So what is, what is he saying here? There's going to be times, which is pretty often, where you're going to see where you are going to be stuck, mentally stuck. You don't know what to do. You're blocked. You're stressed. It's going to be a common condition where you're going to be like a pregnant woman. Pregnant woman, 
All she's trying to do is deal with labor pains. At the end of the day, she can't rush the process. There's 70 cries, she's gotta deal with it. All she could do is ask for help. What can, a, uh, what can a pregnant woman do, practically? What could she do? Baby's not coming out for nine months. All you could do is monitor the cries. Cry out, contractions, cry out. Maybe blame your husband a little bit. Same thing, we, are, we, we have, in order for us to develop something, in order for the unknown to become known, it first has to go into a state of pregnancy in your mind. It has to go into a pregnancy in your mind. Until that, you get, your job is that once it's pregnant, once that idea is unknown, your de- job is to develop that idea. If you have no patience to develop your mind, you're, gonna, you're just gonna go from one thing to another. The same thing with a relationship. Why are relationships going so sad? It's because there's, there's nothing being developed. Oh, not for me. I swiped, I got on a date. Next thing you know, I don't like one thing. Not, not for me, do you understand? Nothing is being developed. So this exactly says there's times that your mentalities are, are, influ- are, are concealed. This is the aspect of pregnancy. The most beneficial thing for you to do is not cry out, be it in prayer or Torah study. So basically any single time that I'm stuck, that I'm stuck, mm-hmm. right away, you need to go straight into prayer or Torah study. Because your mentalities, your consciousness is stuck. And you need to release it. And the way you're going to release it is by creating that motion. Because there's certain, because that knowledge, for that knowledge to come into you, it needs a certain amount of prayers or consciousness or Christ. Remember, the world is created very simple. The world is created where man has to make the arousal. It's not fair that you should wake up and figure out all your problems without, while another guy's begging for his life. So that has to be created where man is the stimulator of the shefa. Man is a stimulator of the flow of bounty. So when man cries out, then also, just like a woman has, who's exhausted to give birth, when she, when she screams out, the same thing. Equal to the, this is why we say the word, the Psalm 20. May God answer me and then give, and, and then give birth. These 70 screams correspond to the seven calls which David uttered under the waters. Mizmor le David, we say that constantly. The constant crying out. So before you're going to get knowledge, the first thing before you get knowledge is humility and crying out. Very similar to what we did in Hoshana Rabbah. What did we do in Hoshana Rabbah? Screaming out. We, we learned... We, we studied half of the night and then we prayed and the prayer was just screaming out, God save us now. Did you see that whole prayer? You needed an hour and a half to go scream out, God save you now. I'm sure nobody understood why we did that. It's because now we have to internalize the, 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 what we had learned. God save us now. What am I praying to be saved for an hour and a half? Because that's the way... The, 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 that's humility by crying out is the way things come to you. That's part of the process. Just like the Jews were stuck in Egypt. Why were they, why were they stuck in Egypt? They didn't even have a mouth to speak, did they? They couldn't speak. Trauma victims, right? One thing, what do they do? They lose their voice. First thing you do is you lose your voice. And you need your voice. Because without the voice, you can't help it up the mind. So the same thing. They also... 
they also had to go through this. When they, what saved the Jews in Egypt? They cried out. They couldn't speak, but they cried out. Because God heard their cries, saved them. Imagine Mitzrayim, when we speak about Egypt, Mitzrayim, that does not just refer to as Egypt. That refers to your particular problem. Your particular constriction. Mitzrayim is not just something that happened. It's your particular constriction. Rabbi Nassim writes that this is also the reason why infants are given to cry often. They cry in order to receive mochim. During the years of intimacy, infancy and childhood, children undergo great changes in understanding and intellectual capacities. Their mochim have to pass through the pregnancy to that of birth. Because of this, God made them natural for them to howl and scream a great deal. And what do we tell them? Shh! Right, what do we tell kids? Shh! Quiet them. Imagine somebody's, you're praying, somebody tells you, be quiet, stop praying. Obviously, use wise words with your wife, obviously. This is not, this is not, when the baby's crying, is not the time to give her this lesson. But technically, you're, they're, they're supposed to be crying. You can't stop that cry, because that's part of their, that's how they develop. They don't, they don't know how to, they're how to walk, they're learning how to eat, they're learning how this. These are all, these are all pains, birth pains. And this is exactly how we develop our, our exactly our, um, our knowledge. So it's like Rabbi Nachman, as soon as he received knowledge, right away he felt dejected. Now, why? Because as soon as he felt, as soon as he got a high level of knowledge, if he stays in that high level of knowledge, he can only receive in that level. He purposely had to go feel the dejection to get to the new level. Do you understand? You have to go to the low. You have to go to a low to get to the new high. You can never get to the new high by staying on one level. So this is exactly where Rabbi Nachman tells us. Now, when a person studies Torah, is unable to understand it, or anything, or any issue in life, you can't understand it. This is because his, men, his, his intellect is blocked. And his study is the aspect of pregnancy. Look what he's saying here. And this is a big thing in breast of circles. Our job is to make Yaakov into Yisrael. Right? Yaakov's name, first Yaakov's name was Yaakov, and then he became Yisrael. Correct? We know that Yaakov's name changed. That concept is not just, that concept is not just about him changing his name. Yaakov, Akev, means the heel. When something is stuck in your life, it's like in the heel. You have to bring that knowledge up to what? Up to the head. Yisrael. Yisrael is, is the head. So this is where a person, when somebody who says story with understanding, has no perception, he, he shouldn't expand on it. He's an Akev. So basically he's telling you here, if you want to become a public speaker, if you want to tell something, or you want to give a knowledge to other people, if you don't understand the concept, if it's not in your head, if it's just potential, don't speak. Because you're going to be immature. You're going to be... You're going to be, it, that knowledge will be, it, it's too ripe. You need to develop, because if you say something the wrong way, people will not believe you. Because that you, have not, you have not prayed enough. And I could tell you very simple. The quality of my classes is going to be based on the quality of my Hezbodedut. Period. Period. I can learn something, and that's just the potential. 
If I want to bring that to actual, I have to go spend an hour in his bodhidud, pray that I should be able to internalize these concepts and give it to people in a practical term that I understand it. You understand? Learning potential. Praying actual. So if you have a guest, a, a public speaker who does not pray, why do you think Rabbi Rush has gotten to his level? Where he sold millions and millions of copies. Where else have you seen Rabbi Kramer? Why? Why? How could Rabbi Kramer cry 70 bucks for God's sake? How? That combination. Knowledge, then you have to pray to be able to put it in a language that people understand it. If you do not do that, if you're just going there on your knowledge and shooting out fancy words and this and this to impress the people, you're not going to get anything because you need fear of heaven. Fear of heaven is created by humility and crying out to God, recognizing you're completely poor at knowledge and you can only receive. Because remember, my ability to receive something is from heaven. But when you go in there, oh, fancy words and this Gemara and that Gemara and all these Gemaras, but, you, but people are, you're talking about baseball and they're in a football game. How many times have we gone to a class and the person has completely misread the crowd? I've been there many times. Like, they've misread the crowd. Like, we're in a football game, you're talking about a baseball. It's because that person has not prayed to connect to the crowd. Very simple. Your quality of classes, your quality of public speaking, if you're going to do public speaking or any form of that, you better humble up and ask God to give you the direction. Knowledge itself is not going to be enough. That is the formula. And then what happens? All you're doing in, in when you're publicly speaking is you're, now you're just having a conversation between you and God. And the people there are just there. Couldn't matter, doesn't matter if it's 5,000, 3,000, 100, 50, 20, 30. It's your, your quality of that connection. Now you're just the flow of that combination of Torah and Tefillah. So when you see, nope, when you don't see passion, it's because that person really did not develop. He was too fo focused on the intellectual. How am I going to look to everybody? But the people don't, it could be one, a bunch of words. Oh, wow, it's so smart. But it didn't affect me. It would only affect you. There's a reason why when we hear Rabbi Rush, you could say a few words. <laughs> you could say a few words. But everybody feels those words in their heart. And you can see another hour and a half and there's nothing, there's nothing there. So this is, the, this is something that I learned a lot. That you think you're going to start just... If you don't apply this, number one, in prayer and humble yourself, the words will not come out. The flow will stop. It's very, very important. Very important to any... any and this could be whether you're, whether you're a parent. Because it's the same thing with your parents. People don't care what you say until they know that you care. The number one thing that people want to hear is they want to know, do you care? If you care, they'll listen to you. If you don't care, they don't care what you say. Caring is by intention and kavana. And if you care about somebody, you pray for them. You know, there was a, there was a story, I can't remember which, 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 which Rosh Hashiva, but there was a story where they were kicking a guy out of high school. And they asked a big, big post, like, should we kick this guy out of high school or not? And the guy, the principal came in, they're like, oh, he's a disturbance. So one of these, I forgot the name of the gadol that they asked. And they asked him, what's his Hebrew name? What's his mother's name? The principal says, his mother's name? What do you mean? I don't know his mother's name. 
I know his name. You mean you want to kick the guy out and you didn't pray for him? You want to kick a guy out and could possibly ruin his whole life and you didn't pray for him? You don't know his mother's name? Enough said. Enough said. So you could see, if you're going to go kick a guy out without praying for him and, ask, and, and trying to understand why he's acting out, or why he's doing that, then shame on you. Shame on you. And that's, that's a big message for us. That we, are we spending, if we're trying to connect with people, or trying to make an influence with people, how much time are we spending to ask God to give us the right words on how to speak to them? How much? Ask yourself. You have to, how much time are you doing that? If you're just going in there, you're bothering to me. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. You're not going to get anything. You're not any results. But they, people don't see how much you care. So the caring is the key. And then whatever you say, they'll usually work out. But God creates that lack. So then Rabbi Nachman says that we have to make the, the heel into the head. We have to take any knowledge that we don't... We can't just say, I don't understand something. You have to... Now, there's a pregnancy. Now you have to develop. Bitachon, if you want to understand trust. It took me a while to understand what exactly is trust. Trust is action. And a practical term, trust is action. That means I cannot have inaction and have trust. But to get there, there is a lot of prayers to understand. What is my practical? What, how do I show my creator that I have trust? I take action in that area of my life. If I don't take action, that means there's a fear. That's fear. Procrastination is fear. So that idea is, is a very heavy idea. But once you internalize that idea, you're like, okay, am I taking action or not? That means I'm not trusting. And if I trust in God, I'm going to have success. So if I'm taking action, I'm going to have success. But that idea didn't just come to me. I had to develop it, pray for it, ask what trust is. Amuna, also. Amuna, faith. Could be a thought, people could have mean what faith, a thousand things what faith means. Trust, they could have a hundred different differentiations of trust. But until you internalize it in your heart to understand what it is, then you get it. Now, Rabbi Nachman says, now he tells you your, develop, your job is to develop it through crying out. We already spoke about a combination of Torah and Tefillah. Internal, no, when you learn something, it's potential. When you pray for it, it becomes actual. Now he tells us something very, now he tells us all troubles, hardship, and exile are only as difficult as one's lack of knowledge. You would figure that he would start with this verse in the beginning to tell you, here, here's the problem, here, here's the problem that you have. Here, let me teach you how to get to the solution. But he does it backwards. Obviously, there's a reason why. But he tells us all troubles and hardships and exiles that we go through are because we lack the knowledge of it. When knowledge is made complete, then all you're lacking is made complete. Getting pulled over on that ticket and going through that thing I knew it was for the best. There was no, there was nothing to worry about. There was no pain. There was no yelling at the, oh no, yelling at the cop, yelling at the DMV. Who am I going to yell at? There's nobody to yell at. It's for the best. End of story. Dot was complete. So my reaction is, stay calm, be besimcha, and something good will come out of it. That's it. When knowledge, but when knowledge is not complete, then all you're doing is yelling at everybody. It was meant to be. Meant to be, end of story. 
and the and the and the and the concept of eternal life in the future world will be that knowledge will complete and everybody will know God. Then, when we get to this concept of know, knowing God, then everything is oneness. So this is exactly the consciousness of Mashiach. The consciousness of Mashiach is to know, to get to a point of knowledge. Whether something is good, whether you're having a good day, a bad day, if you believe it's all for God, then you have that. If you have, the, the problem today is when we have two. Anger is an absence of that. Do you understand? The duality today to believe that this person, that situation, that I cop is, is ruined my day, that policeman, or whether uh, my bad person screaming at me, or that person. Anytime we point fingers to individuals, we are lacking that. Because we're not looking at the consciousness. All we could do is, why am I attracting these kind of individuals in my life? Why are these situations happening in my life? If you get the lesson, then you have the da. But any time you spend the majority of your time just dealing with the individuals, you are lacking that. And you will not see Yeshua. You will not see a Yeshua in that. Imagine a guy says, how'd you get out of this problem? I blame that guy so much that Hashem did a miracle for me. <laughs> did you ever hear that? Did you ever hear? I blame somebody so much. How'd you fix your marriage? I don't know. I just resented the you know what out of my spouse and things just got things just got great. Did you ever hear that? Never heard that. You hear I started taking classes, I started listening to classes, I started seeing the good in him. I started growing and I started seeing them better. I started Sharabitahon uh, and I started letting go. It all stems from the same thing that that person had a spiritual awakening, and when they had a spiritual awakening, their relationships changed. Their dot grew, so what happens? It became a problem. For example, if I know that there's no way, like Rabbi Nachman says, that man is a miniature world, and there's no way for me to have permanent peace, and everybody's family is the reflection of the world. So when people are yelling out, toxicity, narcissism, blah, 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 all this craziness, Everybody has them. Everybody has an Iran in their family. Everybody has an Iraq. Everybody has a China in their family. Everybody has every nation in the family. And you are one of them, by the way. You are one of the nations too, by the way. And you will never have peace. Just like there's no world peace. You will never have permanent peace. But, what Rabbi Nachman tells us, you don't have to spend all your life thinking about it. Let it go. Okay, so I don't have 100% peace. I have 70% peace. Great. Move on with the rest of your day. Don't give it energy. Remember, how, does, how, does things, how do things live in our lives is when we resist them. I can't believe I'm going through this. I can't believe I have to deal with this. I can't believe my wife is like this. I can't believe my husband is like this. The resistance causes the persistence. But if you just didn't give it energy and you accept it, this is what I have to go... Whether you go Moroccan, Ashkenazi, Persian, Mashadi, what's the difference? It's just a different, different nation that you're dealing with. But you will have, there will never be permanent peace. But you can now make your whole life around it, and you can live on and move on. That's what Ramnath is telling us. So that's, uh, that dot is understanding that, okay, so this, I, have a, I have a problem in the relationship, but my relationship is not a problem. It's different saying I have a problem in the relationship. There's a problem in the world. 
would you be shocked if you heard the world, there's a problem in the world? There's a bunch of problems in the world. So we, we're coming here in this world to clean up the mess, not to make a bigger mess. Remember that concept. We are here to clean up the mess. You're here with your creator. Your creator put, put you here. He gave you a specific amount of skills and a specific amount of knowledge so you can help be part of the tikkun process, which is cleaning up the world, not part of the tohu process, which is making the world worse. Ask yourself, am I making the world better or am I making the world worse by what you're doing? Ask yourself, are you part of the solution or are you part of the problem? It's a good question we have to ask ourselves. What am I contributing to society? What am I contributing to my family? Have I made people better in my family? Have I affected them or have I infected them? Have you affected people or have you infected people? It's a good question. That's what we're here to do. We're here to clean up the mess. And when you have that, you understand people, you judge less, you see the big picture. So this is why we have to, we have to acquire knowledge because without acquiring knowledge, we walk around with low self-esteem and inflated ego and blame everybody for everything. So <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. But when we have that, we see the whole picture. We see the whole picture. The five-minute, the, the five-hour Shalom Bay problem could have been a five-minute problem if you let it go. But that five-minute became five hours. That five a minute can be five hours. If you know you can't criticize people because it doesn't work, then you pray for them and you'll get better results. When you have dad, you understand everybody. You understand the big picture. You understand. The more you understand, the less judgment. The more, less you understand, the more judgment. I mean, look at what, what's happening today. People with lack of dad, they're giving one line and they're destroying their own careers. No, no understanding. They don't understand the bigger influence of a one line of what one line could do. Same thing with ours. So Reb Nachman tells us that there are times that we have to cry out before we give birth. And this refers to these seven cycles. So the key is to get to the, the, where knowledge is complete. Because when, when knowledge is complete, this is living in the times of Mashiach. Where everything is going to be complete. That is like living eternal. Your soul's eternal. You're living like in an, an eternal world. Somebody who possesses is the, the, connected in his essence, which is connecting God's essence, and believes that everything is, is for the best, then he has everything. He has dot, he has everything. But somebody who has lack of dot, what does he have? He has nothing. You can have money, you can have this, but you really have nothing at the end of the day. You know, I, somebody's asking me that I should give him a brock. This person is... is his whole life he's living on a, on a, I need a, I need a, uh, I need a touchdown mindset. I need a Hail Mary mindset. Every time he calls me, I need a bracha for a parable. Power I need a bracha for this. I need a bracha for this. I need a bracha for this. He's always asking for the home run. He's acquired money through suing people. That's how he acquires money. And he wants me to find him a shidduch. This is the... <laughs> I said, your, your whole mindset is off. You're, you're a taker. You're not a giver. Where, why would I introduce you to somebody where all you do is a taker? All you want is free things. You don't want to work for anything. You're a taker. And that person thinks the lottery is going to help them. 
or this is a Hail Mary is going to help him. No. Hard work is going to help you. Developing where you become a giver, not receiving. Anytime we walk in there, I need that big home run, you're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. Because when you say, I need a big home run, you're showing heaven that you are so poor. Mentally, spiritually, so are you, what do we attract in a poverty mindset? Mindset. More poverty. What do we attract in an abundant mindset? More, more abundance. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. So unless he changes his mindset, he will attract the same problems in his life because he lives on, on, on scare, scarcity. And that's where you have to really feel the abundance and then it matches up to you in heaven. And this is where similar anger and cruelty stem from a lack of knowledge. Anger rests in the bottom of fools. This is why judgments come to a person who is angry because that person is angry because he lacks that. So the goal is, Rav Nachman saying here, that our job is to get to this consciousness where you see, where we built enough dot, where you see everything as one. When we get to this concept, when we perfect our knowledge that your transcendent intellect, your potential intellect becomes your intellect, then a person is safe from suffering. For example, when a person, and he gives a beautiful example, beautiful example, amazing example. What happened... I'm going to give you the example. What, 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 imagine if O.J. Simpson, everybody remembers that white Bronco, Lahabdil, right? But imagine everybody, all the cops were running after that white Bronco. But imagine if he went and he got into a red Corvette and he changed his garment. The judgment is on who? On the white Bronco. He's in a red Corvette. He's a different person. What Rabbi Nachman is telling us here, that when you receive new knowledge... You get, you change your garments. You're a new person. It's an unbelievable concept. The more I work on myself, the, the old me was always focusing on chasing for things. I changed my gar- garment. I learned bitachon. I learned honest. I have a connection with God. The new me attracts things. The old me had to chase for things. The new me. So the Pasuk in Job that says... You change his appearance and send him away. When your person changes his appearance, he has different garments. He changes his garments. That's the power of tshuva. When you do tshuva, you change your beat. You're not the same person. How many times do we say to a person, wow, you changed. You're so much calmer. You're so much this. That person has a new mazel. This is where you... What are, what are, what are we referring to when we say the word? When you change your mazel, you change your location... You change your luck. Location means I'm changing the way I used to be. I'm not the taker anymore. I'm a giver. So what happens? You change your muscle. So the whole point of this class is your job is the more you acquire your knowledge to get to a level of the higher level of dot, the more you're going to change your appearance. You're going to constantly, constantly renew yourself. The more you renew yourself, there can't be a possible judgment on the, on the new person. Because he was just recreated. Where the old person who's stuck, that's where all the judgments come to a person. The old person is, not, is, is trying to attract things by hitting power balls. He needs to get hit with a, ball, a power ball, maybe. The new person says, I want whatever is good for me. Whatever you want, God, is good for me. I'm going to feel abundant. I feel abundant right now. And whatever comes is wonderful. But unless he achieves that abundant mindset, the Powerball for, for a lottery victim, 
for, it will bring him to drugs, horrible women, a horrific lifestyle, and ultimately destroy him because he's a, a poor person doesn't know how to make money. He lives in a poor mindset. So what is he going to do? Blow it away. You give a person who has a lot of money, $100 million, and he knows how to make money, he's just going to invest it in, it's not going to affect him that much because they know what to do with money. But you give it to a person who doesn't have to make money, he's going to destroy it. He's going to destroy it. So this is where we have to develop this, this rich mindset. And the developing this rich mindset practically is on a conscious level, and that's by you constantly getting, developing your mind through, through, through understanding things. Now you have to internalize it through prayer. And the more you grow in that knowledge, the more you grow constantly. Like, you know, we're trying that these classes should be constantly growing and growing because we can't stay at the same level that we did last year, we stayed at the same level, then I would probably lose half the listeners. But I haven't heard a, oh, you've said this a million times. No, there's new knowledge, new, new. Well, obviously, people have to be ready for it. But as we grow in knowledge, new, every time you grow in knowledge, new shefa comes to you. Do you understand? The abundant person has new, new blessings to them. The person who's a merciful person has, has better relationships. The person who's happier has, better, has a happier life. It's a package like that. That means it's when you, the, 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 price, the price for growth is there's, there's a package that you get. But the price for being stuck and waiting for the world to change, you're going to get the same package. You're going to get the same package. Maybe you'll get Netflix Plus, Twitter Plus. That's it. <laughs> you will not get any other new subscription. But so this is very important. We have to do whatever we can, number one, to purify ourselves so we're able to receive this knowledge. Because without the purification, I will never be able to have a vessel to even receive it. And this once you develop the purity, then you have now you have to go and be aggressively trying to understand as much knowledge as possible, getting to know Hashem as much as possible, increasing your dot, because once you have dot, you have everything. Once you don't have dot, you have nothing. And this is really, really, the, it's a big message for us. And, 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 and the key is, once we're constantly growing, we are always, 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 always changing our garments, and therefore we receive new blessings. And th- take a look at it today practically. What brings money today? New inventions. Right? You have a new invention, new money. New franchise, new money. There's the, old, the blockbusters are not making money anymore. There's always the new invention creates the new flow of Shefa. That's what our job is to develop that new invention always, the new way of looking at it. You know, practically in business, you have to figure out a new way to get customers. The same thing you have to do spiritually. May Hashem help us all. This class is a little heavy, but the hope the practicality is make yourself a vessel, grow in knowledge to Torah and Tefillah, enhance your knowledge, and once you enhance your knowledge, the world changes for you. You don't have to change the world. Have a great day.